Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I'm so pleased to introduce my guest this evening, Danny Collins. Danny hails from Canada and has been published by Harlequin Presents, Mills and Boone, and Champagne Books. Danny says that she pursues happily ever after one page at a time. Her titles include The Healer and Proof of Their Sin. So welcome, Danny, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm so pleased you could join me this evening. How are you? Well, thank you. I'm very good. Thank you for having me, Bernadette. So maybe we can talk a little bit about your publication journey. And I understand that your first book was published by Harlequin. Maybe you can tell us how you got into Harlequin. Um, I had been reading Harlequin all through high school. And um, I, I actually took about 25 years to sell my first book. And with, I think, part of that journey, I mean, God knows I made a lot of mistakes, but um, a big part of that, too, was just how the whole publishing industry was changing over those two decades and moving towards electronic and move, you know, just shrinking. And it was just tougher and tougher and tougher to get in. Um, but I did try just about every genre that you could imagine. Um, and then, but I just kept going back to Harlequin, specifically the Harlequin Presents, because those are the ones that I saw when I was in high school. I loved them, loved the glitz and glamour. I loved the alpha heroes. And um, about four years ago, they were doing a contest called Instant Seduction, and I placed in that contest, and that allowed me to start working with one of their editors. And I actually, I'm like the poster child. I'm like the Susan Lucci, I would say. It just took me forever to get through the door. And um, I actually went with this one editor. She went through two pregnancies, and I still hadn't sold, and I was getting so disheartened. And then finally, um, I probably had done... Since finaling in the contest, I'd probably done five or six manuscripts with them. And um, then I finally got the call. And that was actually No Longer Forbidden, which came out in the UK in January. And then with the December book, it comes out as a two-for-one. So it's actually included in that um, in North America. So when you buy, if, when you buy my book in December, you'll get both of those. So that's exciting. So when was your first book published then? And what year? It was only this year or last year? Um, technically, it was a January title. I mean, but it was okay. only available in the UK. So after waiting all that time, every one of my friends and family members is saying, "When can I? Where can I get your book?" And I'm saying, "In England." <laughs> it was so disheartening. <laughs> it was it was really tough. And then the Healer came out in March, and then finally my North American debut, um, Proof of Their Sin. That was the July book. That one was available everywhere, and that was. It's the nothing. Nothing beats being able to walk into the local drugstore and seeing your own name on a book. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that has to be amazing. It really does, and especially <laughs> after such a long, long road. I mean, it's what I find really great is that you you didn't have to go through an agent. You just entered a contest, and so often you see these contests and you wonder, you know, is it going to lead to anything? I I know when I first started writing. My first book, Gold Coast Wives, I entered it in a bunch of contests. And in a couple I finaled, so I got somebody to, you know, an editor or an agent to read my manuscript. But for me, that's not how I sold the book. It didn't, it didn't um, go through a, a contest. So it's really – and I, I know a lot of people have entered contests, and I've never heard this Cinderella, Cinderella story that you have. So it's nice to hear that it actually does happen that way. So 
so you kept pre- so you kind of connected with an editor and she just you kept presenting her with manuscripts until she found one that she liked is that how it worked pretty much um she had um initially i think i was only supposed to get they were going to work with me just for say that manuscript they she was just going to give me a couple of tips that kind of thing i think it was only going to be really a critique or two and um she was just really awesome and we went through a couple of rounds of revisions, and it wasn't really going where it, where it needed to go. And she said, look, how about you send me a new idea? And I did, and we went through a whole manuscript with two or three rounds of revisions. Still didn't come up. And she, like, she just kept saying, well, why don't you send me something fresh? And I, it was so hard, <laughs> but at the same time, I could see that I was improving. I was catching on to some of the really important things that I really needed, like sustaining the romance, sustaining the conflict, you know, things like that. Um, and finally, yeah, we just, uh, I finally managed to click, but she was just so good about continually coming back. I mean, they don't have to do that, right? Maybe they yeah, felt sorry for so me, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, no, and you hear so many, you know, horror stories about editors and about agents and, and how they're not supportive of writers. So it's nice to hear a good story and a good experience and somebody who really was in your corner. And it had to have been something about your writing that intrigued her to, to have her stick with you. So to make the perfect the perfect story, and so now you're out and about in um, right in Harlequin, but you have now these other titles coming up. Maybe you talk do. about that. Sure. Um, so I do have another Harlequin presents. That's one coming out in December. That's called More Than a Convenient Marriage. And actually, those two books are linked, which I just I love that the fact that you can get those first two books, and it's going to wind up being a four book series. Um, and then. In February, I have another Harlequin Presents, and which it's just I, I'm so thrilled with it, but I also feel quite sheepish because I'm like, yes, I have another one. <laughs> um, and then, and they haven't actually even told me. I sold an erotica to um, uh, the Harlequin Digital First imprint, and that's still very new. And they're just sort of coming along with their various different genres at different times that they're releasing them. So they haven't started releasing the eroticas yet but um they are talking about the second quarter of next year and that's so i i've done everything Uh, i think i've even done the line edits on that but i haven't seen a cover i don't know my title um and i don't have a a firm release date so that's where i'm at with that one well it's so amazing that so many people are are jumping on the erotica bandwagon uh, because when you think of erotica you think of you know allura's cave or even sam hine but you don't necessarily think of harlequin and so now Harlequin is obviously seeing that people are having success, so they're going into that. And, in fact, my own um, uh, Lyrical Press, who has published five of my books, is, has now just announced that they're going to be focusing almost exclusively on erotica, which is not great for people like me who don't have, you know, I write steamy romance, but I, I don't write erotica. I don't cross into that realm. So I'm, I'm in some ways kind of sad about that. But... I can see that this is, you know, this is where people are finding success. Now, did you find it difficult to switch genres and and write, you know, go from contemporary to, I think, fantasy romance was one of your titles, then into erotica? How how did you make the switch? Well, actually, what happened there was in all those long years of not publishing, I started to, I was a often chasing markets, but at the same time, probably about 10 years ago, I got sick and tired of not publishing, and I just started writing very much for myself and saying, you know what, I'm going to write the book that I want to write, and I don't care if it fits this, that, or the other genre. So I did write um, the erotica. That was almost more like just trying it because it was 
the Allure's Cave, that kind of thing was coming on board. You know, in some ways I'm kind of wishing I had actually submitted this book that direction at that time. But in any case, I wound up with it sitting in my hard drive. I was starting to make sales to Harlequin, and, well, it was actually the office in uh, London, that's Mills and Boone, and I, I knew that they actually had been publishing some erotica there in print. And so I sent it to my editor, and I said, what do you think? Is, you know, are you interested? I'm going to start shopping this erotica around because this market is growing. So I thought I'd start with you. Are you interested? And she said, sure, um, let me see it, and then came back to me and said, yes, we've got this new digital imprint coming along. Would you like to be involved? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> so that's how I got into that one. Um, and then the fantasy, that was just, again, it was just the books were more like they were talking to me. So I'm not consciously switching genres. Um, it's it's more about just what was talking to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I I agree with you know with with your um, approach to shop, shopping genres because I you know I've hopped around genres as well and and people ask me you know why why don't you just stick with focus on one genre but it's really you know a certain story or a certain character gets in your head and it sort of develops and takes a life of their own in some ways. And so it just it just lends itself to being in one genre or the other. So, you know, um, but I, I for me, I have not been able to, you know, cross the bounds into erotica, and I'm not sure that I would be able to. I'm still I'm still too much of an uptight <laughs> Irish Catholic <laughs> girl. Although I mean, you wouldn't know from my last books because I I have gotten steamier, but I could really only do the steamy stuff when there's other like when there's other focuses of the book, like my my uh, paranormal series, which is about a family of Irish witches, I can get into the steamy stuff, but I don't think I could do, you know, 60,000 words of steamy. <laughs> I, just, right. I don't think I'd be able to, uh, of, of and crossing into the erotica realm. But maybe someday, you know what I mean? Like, again, if, if a character kind of takes me in that direction, you never know, I might be able to, to hop in that genre. But, um, but I, I think it's great when people can feel comfortable in more genres because it just makes you more marketable, right? Because, you know, certain things are hot one year and not hot the next. So um, it just shows that you're versatile. Now, maybe you could talk about how you were able to keep up your enthusiasm for writing during those long years when you weren't finding success. Um, A lot of people ask me that. And um, one of the big things is that you don't know going in that it's going to be 25 years. So... Every year, there's that little bit of hope. (laughs) Well, this is going to be the year. Well, if I just get this manuscript done. And one of my coping strategies was always, as soon as something was out the door, I started something else. So I was already committed, already um, invested in new characters and whatnot. So, yes, it was always devastating to receive a rejection. But at the same time, I was already along the way with some new story. So that that was a huge part of always just keeping my, my motivation up. And um, and then eventually, I was just so mad about it. I was like, you know what? They're not going to lick me. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to keep sending out manuscripts. Somebody is going to publish me. This is going to happen. It has to. It cannot go on like this forever. And so, yeah, now, now I can hardly keep up. <laughs> it's, it's tough. <laughs> yes. Without people are probably saying for um, an overnight success. Do you turn nope. it um, it's cutting out a little bit, Bernadette, on my side. Yeah, it's cutting out. Let me see. Boom. Hold on. Okay. Because you sound okay. Good thing. 
I'm still a little bit cutty. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe it's blog talk. Um, okay. Why don't you keep talking? Because you sound okay. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about um, about your writing process. My writing process. Um, I've done both in terms of like being a heavy plotter and I find that the Harlequin Presents are a little bit more on the pantsy side. Um, I do have to submit a synopsis of some kind most of the time, and I like to because I like to know that I'm on the right track and that they're keen on what I'm doing. Um, but I'm finding more and more that I really do need more, t- that I, I, I develop the story as I'm going a little bit more, and it's more about the characters. Um, but I have, like with the bigger books, the, the fantasy in particular, um, and then I have a self-published title called Hustle to the Altar. That one is quite heavily plotted because it all takes place in one day and it's got like six different points of view. So I had to be really on the ball with, um, with all that was happening in each of those scenes, you know, who was where, the timing of it, that kind of thing. So those ones were both heavily plotted. Um, process, what else? Um, I just I have to get up every morning. I prefer to do it in the morning, um, and but actually, just because I have a day job, I also wind up in the evenings doing a lot of writing, and my weekends. I'm I'm so busy right now. This is so sad. I had to go away for my day job, and I was gone for 11 days. And my husband said to me, "We don't notice that you're gone. It's like you're just writing upstairs." And I thought I have to make changes. <laughs> Okay, can you hear me now? I can. Okay. I still I still hear that echo. Um, all right, I'm going to try and call in on another phone, but um, while I do, maybe um, maybe you can talk about what you've done in terms of promotion. Okay, sure. Um, okay, well, with promotion, um, I've done all kinds of stuff. Actually, you interviewed uh, Jennifer Fusco from... Market or Die, and she's done a ton of work for me. So helpful. Really, really love her. Um, so I started with the website. I've done blog tours. They've organized some of those for me. I've also sent out um, press releases locally, wound up on something we call Grand Forks TV, which is our local town, and it's just basically a YouTube channel that's devoted to some of our local happenings, and they interviewed me. I've been chasing a few of the... Um, the bigger radio stations in the area. Um, And I'm talking with one of my, well, some of my other Presents author friends, but one in particular who lives here in Canada and saying, well, we both have a February book. Maybe we should do something and see if we can get get some coverage across Canada. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I've I've got, you know, in terms of like printing stuff, I've got some bookmarks, I've got some post-it notes, that kind of thing. But it's really a matter of time, and I, you know, with the day job, the writing, all of this other stuff, it's it's tough to make time for a lot of promotion, and um, and and I'm really learning that there's no end to it. You can just do as much as you can do, and then you have to say, okay, it's time for bed, because right. th- yeah, there, there's no end. There's no, oh, you're all done with that. Right, right, and it's and it's so hard to strike a balance in terms of you know, writing new things and promoting your old stuff and, you know, and and again, having having the rest of your life as well. So it definitely is always a challenge. Um, And so you have have a website, I assume, and and all the other social media. Maybe you could tell people where they can find you online. 
Yeah, sure. Um, I'm at www.dannycollins.com, so that's D-A-N-I-C-O-L-L-I-N-S. And I do the Twitter, um, Danny Collins Book, and on Facebook, I'm Danny Collins Author. I do have um, a Pinterest account, which I is sadly, sadly neglected. I love the idea of it. I just had to draw the line and say, I'm sorry, Pinterest, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> and, um, and then Goodreads, I enjoy Goodreads, actually. And I, I'd like to tell your listeners that I do have a giveaway right now. My December book is up for giveaway between October 15th and November 15th. Um, three signed copies are up for grabs. So if you're a Goodreads member, just pop in there and click on that. You'll find it, More Than a Convenient Marriage, under Danny Collins. Um, yeah, I think that's all of my social media stuff. Now, have you done anything in particular in terms of trying to find reviewers? Um, or do you find that you've gotten a lot of reviewers just because people are attracted to the Harlequin name? Because that's always, for a new writer, that's always one of the challenges of getting your work, you know, reviewed and getting good reviews. So have you done anything special in, in that respect? I haven't, and I should. I mean, I have sent a few review copies to some of the reviewers that I've met online, um, and that would be like Caribbean Accents and uh, Harlequin Junkies. Um, I've just been lucky enough to be picked up by a few people, um, and mostly they're like readers, like avid reader ones. They haven't been... Um, I don't, wouldn't call them professional reviewers. They're just people who really enjoy the reading part and do their own blogs. Um, but yeah, I know, see, that's, that's one of the other things that I know I should chase, and it, there's just not enough time in the day to get to that one. Um, but having said that, like you said, Harlequin is a very recognizable name, and they do put copies up on like the NetGalley and such. So they do, and actually, they I think they send copies to RT. So I did actually get a really, really nice review in RT, four and a half out of five. So that was good. Oh wow, that's amazing. That's really I know. Great. Well, again, <laughs> that's that's probably one of the benefits of being with a bigger house. Um, that you know, people like me who are in a smaller house, we kind of have to get that review, you know, it's, I almost feel like I'm like in a quarry <laughs> digging, <laughs> digging through the rock trying to get someone to give me a, a decent review um, and, and trying to get a blog and to, to, to focus on me because, you know, there's so many blogs out there, but now there's so many writers and so much of the burden of promoting your book is now falling on the writers, especially if you are self-published or with a smaller house. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult for everyone, um, but again, I think sometimes you have a. That's one of the benefits of being with a bigger publisher is that you have that recognition, and that people, when they pick up your book, they say, "Well, this is a Harlequin, so it's going to be a certain, you know, a certain thing that I expect." Now, do you find that that helps you, or maybe hurts you, or hinders you, um, in the sense that people think of you as a Harlequin? writer and and people you know i love harlequins i read them as a as a kid and i think for a lot of people they have a special place in their heart you know it's the first romance that people read but do you feel that that maybe boxes you in a little bit or, or does it, does that concern you that it'll box you in in terms of you know new things that you want to do i i don't think so in today's i i totally agree with you even maybe five years ago that was still could be a roadblock, but now, I mean, I've already got other books out. It is a hindrance, I think, in that sometimes there are Harlequin readers who they know exactly what they want and they're not going to jump out of their comfort zone and try maybe one of my other titles that are not the Harlequin label. But, um, but I think 
there are also a lot of people who they don't, you know, if it's romance, they're happy. They'll read it, right? So um, I don't think that it's as, as much of a hindrance these days. It also used to be tough to get out of Harlequin. You know, like they, they locked you in so tight with different, you know, contracts and stuff that um, it was tougher to write other stuff. But, no, I think the reader will, will chase you if they, you know, if, if they have an open, up, an open mind for other stuff, then they'll go for it. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of readers care at a certain point about the author. They recognize the author's name, and they don't really mm-hmm. necessarily aren't even aware of, oh, it's published by Harlequin or, you know, or Alora's Cave or, or whoever. So, um, you know, sometimes if you, if you become established enough, you become the brand, which is great because then you can go wherever you want. And um, now have you ever thought about self-publishing? I do have a self-published title. That's um, Hustle to the Altar. And... Uh... Yeah, that's that's a romantic comedy that I put out um, last year. So, yeah. Now, what is your? How's your experience been um, self-publishing versus being with Harlequin? Well, I have to say, it is way nicer to hand a book off to somebody and let them deal with all of those production details, like a cover, the copy editing, all of that stuff. I have zero. You know, I know some people that part is an anxiety-provoking thing to let somebody else make those decisions. And for me, no, I'm totally good with it. Just go ahead. Here, here's my story. Make it into a book. Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> um, yeah, the, that side of it, I'm glad that I went through doing it because now I know how much work it is and that I don't have time for that. Um, it's not a passion of mine. I would do it again maybe if, if the right project presented itself, but I don't feel so strongly about the things that drive a lot of the authors towards indie publishing. I don't feel that strongly like, um, oh, I have to have the control of the copies. You know, no, (laughs) not me. (laughs) Yeah, no, I've been torn as well because I have not self-published. And I have a day job and a family and lots of other obligations. And plus I like to write new stuff, you know. So, yeah, picking picking the cover doesn't really do it for me. But on the other hand, what I don't like about not having control over my my titles is that I can't, you know, I can't lower the price. I can't give it away for free. I can't do all those types of promotional activities that people who are self-published can take advantage of in, in you know, Kindle and, and, and probably they have it in the Nook. I don't know. But um, so that's one of the things that I don't like about not having control. And while I've suggested to my publisher, oh, let's lower this, let's do that, she has lots and lots of other writers, that, and, and she has policies, right? If she starts throwing mm-hmm. my book away for free, then other people want to do that. So you're really a little constrained. Uh, but, you know, it, like you said, it's nice to hand the book over to somebody else and let them worry about the missing commas and mm-hmm. how to upload this and format. Because there's a lot of work, I think, that goes um, in terms of, of, of getting your book ready. And then it's all on your dime. You know, you have to pay for oh, a copy yeah. editor. You have to pay for, unless you're very talented, pay for your own your own uh, cover artist. And all those things add up, I think, after a while. So, you know, it's, like I said, I haven't, I, I've thought about it, but I haven't yet been really tempted. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, well, and, and what you said about being able to offer it for free, that was one of the reasons why I did it. I, I kind of threw it away. Now, looking back, I'm wondering, okay, the amount I paid, like you say, for copy editing and all of that stuff, could I have thrown that at promotion? I don't know. But basically, I put a book out there. I have not made my money back, but I was able to put it out for free. And in my mind, I was building a following before my first Harlequin came out. 
because I already I had sold the Harlequin, but it, I was waiting for it to come out. So I put out the self-published title basically for that reason, as kind of a lost leader, start getting some interest in me as an author. Mm-hmm. So, and do you think that helped? Do you think that worked? Um, I, you know what, it's so hard to tell, right? I have no idea what my sales would have been otherwise, and I have because that book it, it kind of got caught up in a production um, change in within Harlequin, so that that book didn't come out in the States the way it was supposed to, the way it, it would have, like the way my, my July book came out, where it came out in, in U.S., Canada, Australia, U.K., India, all at once. That's a big hit, and that's tons of copies sold, right? I have no idea how well it really did in England and whether that was good or bad. I have nothing to compare it to. Right. Well, it's like so much of promotion and advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, you throw those dollars out, and is it working or not? In some ways, you just don't know. And And it's... It's for people who are selling books and people who are selling refrigerators, right? You just don't yeah. know. Um, but what you know, you can't. What choice do you have? You want people out there, and you want people to read and discover you. So I think as as writers today, we kind of have to do everything we can um, yeah. and keep writing. Which is, I mean, I just think yours is such an inspiring story because so many people write one book, it doesn't go anywhere, and they do one of two things: they either keep rewriting that book and keep rewriting that book and never move on to another project or or they stop writing they lose faith in their their abilities and you didn't do that you kept writing and you kept trying and that is really really inspiring so um it's it's a great story to hear um maybe you could tell us a little bit about um what inspires your writing and is there any particular character in any of your books that you think is most like you Oh, my heroines, um, sometimes not so much in the presents because um, they're, the, the tone is different in those. They're very dramatic. But I do have quite the sassy heroines because I do have a bit of a mouth on me sometimes. Um, I, I don't know where I really get the whole character inspiration thing. I think you could probably relate in that, like when you say you sort of jump genres because somebody is speaking to you, well, that's just how it is. You know, these things just arrive. These humans came come into your brain, right? And you just have to sort of channel them. Um, yeah, the the hustle to the altar. I would say that heroine. She's she's pretty. Um, although she's a reformed con artist, so that's not really me. But <laughs> with the with the back chat, that's maybe more like me. Um, and then, like I say, I don't do that so much in the presents. But I love the presents for all the the glitz, and if I could live like them, you know, with the, the chefs that bring you the gorgeous meals and the Greek islands, I, I would adore living like that. I really would. <laughs> well, that's one of the great things about romance, too, is that you get to explore a different world. I, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons for the success of Fifty Shades, and I know everyone's talked about Fifty Shades to death, but one of the things I really loved about it, more so even than the whips and the chains, I really <laughs> loved, like, the possession porn. Like, you know, the fact that he had that woman in the house who, I don't know if you read the book, but he had, like, the, the, the live-in maid and he had the chauffeur and he had, the you know, all the toys <laughs> and the beautiful houses. I was like, wow, you know, maybe he could beat me and whip me <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I got to have the cleaning lady who cooked my meals and did my laundry. <laughs> That sounds like a busy writer slash mom slash worker. Yeah I, yeah, I don't care what you do to me. Just get somebody in here to clean my toilets. Exactly, exactly. But, but that's some of the fantasy, you know what I mean? Like all of us are, you know, loading our own dishwashers. And so it's nice within the pages of a book 
to to hear about you know somebody who's driving around the limousine or or doing flashy things. So mm-hmm. and it's fun to write too. It's fun to inhabit oh, yeah. that world either as a reader or as a writer. But you know, like I said, that's one of the things I love about romance. Romance gets a bad rap a lot of times, and people think it's not serious and. And I think in some ways that's not true. I think romance today, a lot of genres of romance, deal with kind of meaty subjects. But they also give you that escape, you know, and um, and I think that's why they're so popular, you know. Oh, people um, need that escape sometimes. They really do. <laughs> Real life can be awful, <laughs> you know. Sometimes you need to get out of it. Yeah, yeah, with government shutdowns and and people yeah. falling down. <laughs> yeah, and, and other things that happen. And people falling downstairs, I was telling you before, we got on the air. I fell down the stairs um, at at the New York City subway. And, you know, you so, hear, so often hear about New Yorkers and how awful they are. I'll tell you, this is a really crowded, you know, rush hour subway. And I had about six people stop and turn around and help me up. So that was Aww. great. I mean, my ankle hurts. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like days like this where you fall down the stairs or, you know, everything else, you need to uh, – to, to lose yourself in a book. And as writers, we get to lose ourselves writing. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I feel like we're giving something back by letting other people escape into our worlds. And like I said, that's one of the things that I get a charge about. Uh, you know, obviously I'm not uh, a New York Times bestseller. I'm in the very, very earliest parts of my career. But when I look on Goodreads and I see that someone's added my book or I check on my Amazon, I can see I made a sale. I was like, that's someone who is spending time with me, with my character. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's a total trip. So that's, that's what keeps me going anyway. Well, For Shani, sure. thanks you so much. It sounds like you, you know, you're turning into an overnight success. It only took 25 years, <laughs> but you have a lot of irons in the fire and uh, a lot of, um, a lot of success coming out. Maybe you could just quickly um, run down the lists of your books and the books that are coming out. Okay. Um, so in December, it's more than a convenient marriage, and in the in North America, that's a two-in-one, which will also contain no longer forbidden. So I'm excited about that. February is another Harlequin presents, and that's called uh, Debt Paid in Passion. And then, um, like I said, I don't have any details on the erotica. You'll have to check with my website for that. And then in I think it's June, an heir to bind them. That'll be book three you know, after the December book. And then there is an August title. I don't have the title yet, um, but I'm, that's what I'm currently writing on writing right now. I have to finish it by November 1st, and then that will be coming out next August. And that will be another Harlequin Presents. Oh, wow. Well, that's great. Well, Danny, thanks so much for joining. Um, and I hope that maybe I can convince you to come back another time. And, I would um, love to. Yeah, no, and, and I wish you all the success in the world, sounds like. Well, thank and you. And I can't wait to, to check out some of your titles. They sound really, really exciting. So thanks mm-hmm. so much for coming. And um, just wanted to remind everyone that The Devlin Legacy is out. It's a family. It's about my family of Irish witches and the four books in that series, uh, Devil's Mountain, Devil's Shore, Devil's Daughter, and The Devlin Witch are out. And it's the perfect way to get yourself into the Hollywood, the, I'm sorry, the um, Halloween spirit. So um, all the information on those books and some of the reviews are on my website, www.bernadettewalsh.com. So please check those out. Um, also, are you, on my website, you can, you can see the schedule of interviews, and I have some really great interviews coming up. I have Leah Shaw, who I will be interviewing on October 23rd. And then I have Paula Braxton, 
who is the New York Times bestselling author of The Witch's Daughter. She is going to be my guest on October 27th, right before Halloween. So please check that out as well. Anyway, thanks for spending this evening with me at Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. This is your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.